0: Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce.
1: And I'm Kathy. <gasps>
0: Kathy! hey, This is your podcast for yeah. July 10th, 2022, proper 10, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost in year C. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, Kathy, how are you?
1: Good. Good. My voice is weak today, but...
0: That's all right. So it's part of my head. If your That's... voice is weak, your brain is sharp. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> Come on. We, you know, we've got, we've, we, we've, we've, uh, what, what do we have to be tired about today or, 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 uh, um, <laughs> my
2: know what? brain's
0: not dull. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you
3: know what it's just what's in the air. Yeah. 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 And I'm fine. Thank you for asking. I did ask,
0: but you didn't say.
3: <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I shouldn't say it really Thank you for asking.
0: Yeah. 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 So uh, Jul- uh, July 10th, uh, we are. Uh, about middle of the uh the as, as far as the school season goes the middle of uh the the summer uh getting getting close yeah, to the kids. the tail half of it and yeah, yeah. poor kids yeah. Uh, but uh moving right along let's let's talk about uh real quick about what we have going on at the parish uh, uh we finished spark Fisher's. Uh, this past week uh which was uh, to great success a lot yeah. of, a lot of fun uh great fireworks great company uh and food. good great food, food yeah fine. great seriously uh and uh but and, and we had our, our our uh discussion about movies with the social conscience this past week great movie Selma. so, so we're we're done. Like we got nothing to and, plug, and the mission trip, and the mission trip is done. So yeah, yeah. we're nothing. Literally, nothing's going on. I was right? gonna say
3: we kind of used up July in the first week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do we have anything on the horizon? Anything that we want to uh, promote, uh, uh, highlight?
3: You know, I was actually looking over coming events, and at this point, no. But stay tuned because we do have some uh, things that will be happening near the end of July. That we don't have set dates for, but like sure. men's gatherings sure, sure, and things sure. like that.
1: Yeah, we, this... actually, we actually have our Reading the World book group coming oh, up on July 20th. It was supposed to be the 13th, but we needed to change it yeah. for various reasons. Yeah. So July 20th. And we're reading a book called Search, which is about a woman who gets roped into being on a church search committee as they're looking for a new minister, so so
3: it's a horror book,
1: <laughs> no, but it's also a recipe book because her normal job is being a food critic. So oh, there are recipes in it. this great novel. Yeah. Um, so.
0: Well, yeah. Oh, okay. shoot! We have parishioners uh, who have uh, this exact experience then getting yeah. roped in uh, for a search committee. Um, <laughs> uh, it happens. <laughs>
1: Happens to the
0: best, yeah. Uh, Happens to the best. Happens to the worst. It Happens to all of us at some point in time, uh, if you stick around long enough. Um, But uh, yeah, so especially with it being the four, there's a lot of vacation going on this week, so uh, having a lighter load on the event calendar at this point in time makes quite a lot of sense uh, because, uh, shoot, you you all might even want a day off. I mean, God forbid. Yeah, so
3: (laughs) I'm going to be... uh what they call a deputy, to our general convention for Mm. about a week. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, no time off at this point.
0: (laughs) No, no, no time off. Trip
3: to Baltimore to be in big, long meetings.
0: Fascinatingly exciting.
3: (laughs) Actually, it kind of is for someone like me, but it's go to Episcopal, no, generalconvention.org for all the information. Okay, and probably if you have any insomnia, go there to help you fall asleep.
0: But I'll enjoy it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, this uh, is this the kind of a uh, convention that gets like broadcast? Is it people? Can people uh, uh, yeah. participate via online
2: There manners? is not.
0: I don't. I think it's a one way connection this time <laughs> rather than two way. I gotcha. You. So you you can watch, but you can't like participate. Vote. Right. Mm, not gonna that kind of thing right Uh, which makes sense because i think we send delegates anyways right so
3: yeah they're limiting people present to delegates Mm -hmm. because of covid and the opportunities for non delegates to speak has been taking place over about the last six weeks and those have been zoom calls that people could speak on Mm, okay Um, but yeah that that part of the legislative process has been completed
0: Uh, Anything earth-shattering coming up at at this like uh, that will be voted on?
3: Nothing earth-shattering, but things that are interesting to diehard Episcopalians. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be able to legally shift what gospel we read on Good Friday, away from the Gospel of John that we've had to use every year,
0: literally for hundreds of years. To one of the other three Gospels, but we'll see. That's exciting. I would like that uh, yeah. because, especially for this podcast, doing it every year becomes uh, difficult to uh, keep it fresh. Yeah, to keep it fresh <laughs> to come up with anything new to ask questions about, and isn't there? It is, doesn't it also appear in like the lectionary cycle. As well at uh, at one point in time, I feel like it comes up
2: a lot. Uh,
0: yeah, so not only once a year, like one of the, I think it's like year A, where it's like, oh, and a s- random Sunday in the yeah. middle <laughs> of the year. <laughs> so that'd be great. Uh, uh, nothing against John. Nothing against John. <laughs> uh, well, maybe a couple of a things. <laughs> maybe a little bit against John. Um, uh, but uh, but but yeah, that would be that would be fantastic. Well, let's, uh, speaking of, I mean, that'll be church history. So to use that as our segue. What a segue you almost said. Right. What a a segue we weave. Uh, uh, Let's move on. Let's talk about this day in church history. So this day, July 10th, uh, in church history, we start in 1073. So uh, uh, almost a thousand years ago, um, we see the death of Anthony of the Caves. Uh, who will be known as the father of Russian monasticism because he had attracted a wide following even among the nobility? His uh, monastery, founded in 1011, will flourish for over a thousand years.
1: Huh. Wow.
0: Have you heard of him?
1: Yeah, I've heard of him. I don't know anything about him.
3: Okay. I, yeah. I he's got probably
1: you. in a book I was supposed to read. St. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anthony of the Kiev Caves. So. Uh, yeah. um, That uh, we see his death there uh, more than 60 years after he founded his monastery. Good for him. Yeah. 1553, under the pressure of her parents and her father-in-law, the Duke of Northumberland, uh, ill-fated Lady Jane uh, Grey, a Protestant, assumes the throne of England. Oops. Reigning for all of nine days. uh, And it ends up being an ill-fated move that will result in her execution seven months after mary tudor comes to power uh i'm trying to remember what w- there, there are several versions of uh of uh, this uh, storytelling around this uh, period time period so there's a, there's a number of shows that uh, yeah do de- do delve into this even though it's a nine day rain
3: mm-hmm. um
0: uh you might recognize the name yeah, lady quite jane a gray soap opera, so uh yeah <laughs> Yeah, that whole, yeah, Mary Tudor story around uh, around that period of time. Uh, lots to write stories about it. Yeah, yeah. And the quick mm-hmm. summary is... Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> the quick
3: summary very... being a seesaw back and forth in the struggle about whether England was going to have as its official religion um, what we now come to have called the Church of England
0: mm-hmm. or
3: Roman Catholicism. Right, yeah. And Mary was Roman Catholic, and that's why lady jane
1: had
0: to go yeah lady yeah a uh, very game of thrones-esque uh that time period yeah. um uh That's
1: probably where they got the idea it yeah probably actually, was yeah.
0: let's let's build on this and multiply it by 10 and now you have an hbo show yeah <laughs> um 1584, we see the death of the Dutch Protestant leader William the Silent. I just picked this because I love his uh, name. his name, William the Silent, who will be who is the first head of state assassinated with a pistol. What a notable, <laughs> oh what a notable uh, achievement! Um, and he just stood
1: there and said nothing.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you said that. No, <laughs> he did not. Which is why I like this entry. So his name is William the Silent. Uh, after the bullets strike him, he is said to have exclaimed, "Oh my God, have mercy on my soul! Oh my God, have mercy upon this poor people!" Uh, so William the Silent, not so silent. Uh, I like the, the. Where was he? Uh, uh, I don't. It, this is. Uh, th- this is in a uh, um, a piece of writing called "The Assassination of William the Orange." Oh, we're sorry, William of of, of Orange. Orange. Um, uh, so uh, this is it. Doesn't uh, it doesn't say so? Orange is in. Um, um,
1: well, isn't that French? Denmark, uh, Scandinavian, I think. Okay,
0: yeah.
3: um, current Holland. Isn't it oh. It might be because it yeah, does say yeah. that
0: he's a Dutch Protestant. But that time period, like, yeah. there's so much like. You know, marriage. And and what, yeah, right. marriage. And you know, for for ally purposes, like, you know, oh, he's Dutch, but he was, you know, ruling Germany at the time. You know, and, and, like things yeah. like that. And
3: full confession: the reason that I first thought of Holland was um, Olympic games, where the Dutch fans wear orange. Oh, <laughs> oh. and
1: did you know that William of Orange actually had orange, kingy vestment thingies? And no, I didn't. know He know that. was. He was probably, I imagine, I did hear this somewhere on a history program I watched that he was the first royal person to wear orange as his official color, royalty color.
0: Huh, huh. An interesting pick considering that don't they don't psychiatrists say that orange, uh, 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 like. Tickles the part, portion of the brain center involved in anger and fury and...
3: Leads to assassination. And leads
0: to an assassination, apparently.
1: If you wear orange, so, somebody's going to get killed. It, a very, orange is now the anti-gun movement. Yeah, color, that's
0: true. So. Oh, inter- <laughs> interesting. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah, the, boy, that entry had a lot more to it than but I even it, I yeah.
1: thought. It's <laughs> also what color people wear when they're out hunting so people don't mistake them for a dog.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's
3: why or the do- gun safety movement said we should... All wear orange and no, no one should get shot.
0: I uh, I, I think I it's bet, I think it's really because of William the Silent.
3: Well I was gonna say I bet William the Silent
0: would agree with that.
1: I'm wearing orange, you can't <laughs> shoot me. No one's ever shot anyone before. <laughs> right. um, we don't know if he was wearing orange. That's,
0: That's true. That is true.
1: Different guy. Maybe he was wearing red that day.
0: Maybe. Uh and so uh
1: camouflage.
0: <laughs> so we uh we, we, we moved forward a, a couple of, we move forward a couple hundred years. In 1833, Thomas Babington Macaulay makes a speech in British Parliament on the Indian question, outlining the positions Britain should take. Deeply influenced by Christian ideals, he urges that India be given self-rule. His speech becomes the Christian position on India as long as uh, Britain rules that country. So what year was this? 1833.
1: And wow. It took him that long to let go. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, over a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. Interesting uh, that uh, that that was uh, uh, the position uh, that uh, ended up uh, winning out because yeah. I didn't. I don't know it, it. The 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 so the Christian position. It's it. I, I guess what my point is. It's interesting that the Christian position uh, in in Britain at the time was not the prevailing one that right because this is the this that was certainly not what was going on uh uh britain a hundred percent was re- deciding to rule and not give uh, self rule over to india uh so i yeah I, so
3: even though the i didn't realize that
0: the church was losing that influence battle at the time
3: that that's what's yeah that's part of that it. it shows how early christianity had lost its influence with civic affairs in England and increasingly internationally
1: and in England it's an established church you would think they would listen to their own choice of churches apparently not not at that point
0: they'd gotten used to it and just tuned it out yep Uh, 1908 we see the death of Phoebe Palmer Knapp active uh, American lay Methodist who had published more than 500 gospel songs including the hymn tune Assurance to which we sing Blessed Assurance Jesus is Mine oh uh, so, yeah. well, uh, you, a little ladies. musical reference uh, mm-hmm. that I like to throw in there every now and again. Uh, and lastly, but not least, uh, 1925 sees the beginning of the Scopes Monkey Trial oh, in Tennessee. Okay. So, the state uh, had forbidden teaching evolution, and to test the law, the ACLU had gotten a high school biology teacher, John T. Scopes, to stand accused of breaking it. Uh, so, uh, just uh, just about 100 years ago. Uh, and
1: here uh, we go again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so look look for his great great grandson we need him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh so that uh, that's interesting that that began uh on uh, july 10th uh, about a hundred years ago so uh well uh, let's go way back earlier than yes. any of that uh and move to our first uh reading for the week uh this week we find ourselves in the book of deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 9 through 14. And the Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all your undertakings, in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your livestock, and in the fruit of your soil. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you, just as he delighted in prospering your ancestors. When you obey the Lord your God, observing his commandments and decrees that are written in this book of the law, because you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, Surely this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you would say, I should say, who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. Uh, we don't get to read from Deuteronomy very much during the liturgical season. The three-year calendar, shoot, I mean, I'd be surprised if we have more than four or five readings from the book of Deuteronomy and all that period of time. It feels like a book that we don't go to very much. Uh, so let's ask the question then. Um, Deuteronomy, do, like, what do we know about this book? Do we know who uh, who wrote it, or uh, around when it was written?
1: We're supposed to believe it was Moses dictated by God.
0: Okay, so that's not we true. Don't
1: believe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so it's written in the style of uh, Moses uh, uh, and and Moses's conversation with God. Is that could be? Is that is, is so am I or, understanding that correctly? Or
3: Moses speaking to the people.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. It's probably it probably came out of um, you know oral tradition and storytelling and um, the lessons people taught their children and
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know it and and it was probably written by a number of people. It's kind of a if you read if you read it through you can kind of pick out this doesn't sound like that and that doesn't sound like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably one of the reasons we don't read it a lot for church is that there's a lot of lists. A yeah. of those listy books.
0: Yes, yeah. Nobody wants to like be read gen- on. Uh, gene- uh, genealogy lists? Genealogy's or
1: genealogies laws. Mm, okay. I think isn't Deuteronomy where the quote about not eating geckos is. I think that's in Deuteronomy. <laughs> it might be somewhere else. But there is actually a quote in the Bible that says, do not eat the gecko. I
0: mean, that makes sense. They give us insurance, so.
1: Geckos. <laughs> are, the geckos are all happy about that. I think it's in due on me, but.
0: Okay.
3: But anyway, that type of thing there. is there for sure.
1: Yeah. it's It has a lot of just kind of rules.
2: obscure <laughs> rules
1: that, um, for the most part, Christians are not interested in. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but there's some real good stuff in there, too. So Yeah. I, like I, really I think good it, stuff. It's a fascinating book in some ways.
3: Yeah. Personally, it's one of my favorite books of the Hebrew scriptures. Yeah. Okay. It, it hits a lot of the high points. It has the Ten Commandments. It has chunks of um, at least references to the Exodus.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, it ends, and we're almost to the end with today's reading. We're a couple chapters shy of that with the death of Moses.
0: Okay. And
3: okay. so it's the conclusion of the Exodus experience. Um, he dies hmm. and then the people get to go into the promised land.
0: Interesting. So, so it's got it, – it, this book kind of has a little bit of everything. So, yeah. some, some law some uh um uh, conversation like a dict- quote-unquote dictated conversation uh of moses and god mm-hmm. uh, some narrative of uh seeing the death of uh moses that's kind of interesting so yeah. it's got, got a little bit of everything
3: and it's pretty well written it's one of the the of the of the early books of the hebrew scriptures it's one of the most recent and mm. so it's had time for good editing and um a sophisticated hebrew so it's uh, I think it's an easy read with a decent translation.
0: Yeah. Uh, I did look it up real quick just to, to, to satisfy my own curiosity. Uh, Deuteronomy in Hebrew is uh Devarim, which uh, translates in Hebrew as these are the words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in ancient Greek, uh, it's Deuteronomian, uh, which means uh, second law or a copy of this law. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which is interesting that the two... The two uh, uh, language translations here really—the two things don't have the same definition. Right? Like they don't; th- those are not really nope. uh, right. synonymous uh, uh, definitions. So that's kind of interesting that there's a there's a bit of a break between uh, how the, the ancient Greek uh, translates and what the uh, the Hebrew name translates.
3: Yeah, and so. part of the second law um, label is mm-hmm. that it are... Chunks of Deuteronomy that's a that are repetitious to particularly Exodus. Mm, okay, uh, so it's like yeah, we've heard that story before. Right. But like I said, I like the the version in Deuteronomy better.
0: It also shows you what the main influence is then on on the book that we have now, in that the the name of it is uh, much closer translation to the the Greek name mm-hmm. uh, Deuteronomion. Yeah, uh, is, is de- clearly Deuteronomy, uh, whereas uh, the, the, the Hebrew name uh, is is not recognizable uh, to to uh, what we call this book uh, at this point in time. So it's mm-hmm. it's uh, which which kind of casts the reader or at least my reader's brain to wonder what level of influence then the Greek had over uh, the translation that we have today.
3: medium <laughs>
0: okay medium to medium rare <laughs> yeah. uh okay well
3: uh, i i'm thinking um by the time i mean it's it its origins are very old but by the time the hebrew bible was codified most jews were reading it in the greek
0: okay yeah
3: and there was a preservation of the hebrew which continues to this day um since that was seen as the language of god mm. but you know one, a couple centuries probably maybe less than that before jesus most jews would have particularly educated ones would have been much more skilled at reading greek than hebrew
0: yeah um so as far as the passage in particular that we're discussing here today um We're kind of like, uh, Mm -hmm. we definitely get the feeling, the way it starts off, that we're kind of like mid-conversation of some sort. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, (laughs)
1: Since it starts with the word and.
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah, With
1: not (laughs) even a capital letter.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so kind of Uh, Mm mid-sentence. And uh, um, so where are we in the overall conversation? This is Moses talking to the people about his conversation with God. Is that... Yes, and it's his farewell speech. Oh, okay, okay. Um, we're, so we're talking about... Um, Moses is telling the people that God is going to make them prosperous. Uh, as, if, if they stay faithful. If they stay faithful. Um,
1: and and I think we need to... That word prosperous, I mean, it does say, just as he delighted in prospering your ancestors. Um it's really easy to think of that as, oh, God's going to make them rich now that all this has happened, and as long as they stay faithful, they'll be wealthy people, and la-di-da. Um, and I think that's a lovely way to interpret it, if you want to be rich. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> um, right. If, but, if you have
0: but, an idea ahead of time as to how you want this to read.
1: Yeah, but um, I don't think, you know, given what economies looked like back in the days of Moses,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't think prospering has anything to do with becoming wealthy and having the finest house and you know gold right. yeah. necklaces for your cows or whatever um, it has to do with understanding God's world as abundant uh-huh. and treating it as an abundant place that we all have to share and you know you will have enough
0: yeah so it, yeah, which makes sense considering you know essentially the story of Moses and the people uh, at this point the main story is about survival yeah so uh, you know i i i can understand that in reading this uh moses is telling the people like hey you know god's going to take care of us and we're going to survive yeah because looking that's at- prosperous enough <laughs> you yeah. know for for what they've gone through and
1: yes
3: i mean and i'm i'm picturing an audience of the ancestors so just as the Lord delighted in prospering your ancestors, the ancestors going, Wait, what? That was prospering? Because <laughs> and God was happy about it. <laughs> they were enslaved by Egypt. They yeah. They were cared for, but they were in the desert. Yeah, yeah, they they weren't accumulating riches.
1: And then when they started this journey, my goodness, they were slapping rocks to try to find something to drink. Right. That, you know, that whole, exactly. That, that's that. It's not a, that doesn't feel like what we think of as prosperity, but it's definitely a sign of God's abundance. Right. Yeah. The manna right. falling from heaven. And right.
0: Yeah. The, the manna in the morning his, and quail in the evening. and Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, that's prosperous right. if you're wandering through the desert and you don't know where you are.
0: It is, it is a good reminder for us uh, that that really should be the baseline Yeah. of like, hey, you know what? Thank God I had something to eat today that, 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 you know, that there was, there was something available for me uh, and that I was able to live in this world. I mean, that's, we don't really think that as prospering uh, um, or or being prosperity, you know, being a part of a prosperity story, but there are plenty of stories who, whose end does not have that prosperity (laughs) and
3: you know, and they they didn't spend that day being whipped by their Egyptian enslavers. Yeah, and so, "Okay, we we're walking through the desert, but we're not gaining more scars on our backs, and we're and, free, and we're free, and we have enough to eat and drink. We're having babies, and no one's dashing them against rocks. This is right. good.
0: Yeah, and and so and and so Moses, <laughs> Moses is telling people." Hey. Also, this like so the commandment that he's talking about here is just um uh, observe. He's going back to verse ten, right? Obeying the Lord your God, mm-hmm. the commandments I've you know that Moses has has brought down that has has uh, not.
3: But not just the ten commandments. It's right. All the other stuff too.
0: All the others. All the other stuff too. That's Moses great. makes the comment of, surely it's not that hard.
1: <laughs> That's. Well, that is his point. You yeah. know, it's he's talking about, you know, hearing and and following whatever word he used there. Da, 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 observe to hear and to observe this thing, and basically he's telling them this isn't rocket science, guys. You're yeah. Right. You know, and you don't have to organize a moonshot to find it. Yeah. And you don't have to travel to the furthest reaches of the planet. All you have to do is sit down and know what's already in you. These are people who from infancy have been hearing this word. I'm making little air quotes. This word that mm-hmm. Moses is talking about, it's in them. Yeah. And there's no reason to say, gosh, well, I um, I didn't know that part. Um, because the important parts are all really easy. And ultimately, I mean, in, in this reading, it's talking about, you know, that you're going to give your heart to God Mm -hmm. and in other places, not maybe in Deuteronomy, I don't know. Um, but in other places, even up before the time of Jesus, people will start putting together the thought of. Love God and love your neighbor. yeah,
3: that's Deuteronomy.
1: It's in mm-hmm. Deuteronomy, too, thank you. Um, and <clears throat> how hard is that? Right? It's very hard, actually. <laughs> you know when you when you look out the window at the world, yeah, you'll see that it's very hard to love your neighbor. Not this window. This is a very peaceful site.
0: It's easy. I don't see
1: any neighbors. Yeah,
3: (laughs) The insurance office is closed, so it's an easy day.
1: Um, But if you look at the world, you would think that loving each other was the most difficult thing we can Mm -hmm. do.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And Moses is saying, you know, it's all right there for you. You know how to do this. You know how to love God. You know how to live in a way that says you love God. So just do it and it'll all be fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of get the feeling also, this is, a, mm-hmm. you, since you said that this, this was his farewell speech, um, uh, lines uh, verses uh, 12 and 13 um, could be interpreted as preparatory mm-hmm. too, because I would imagine uh, after mm-hmm. Moses, uh, uh leaves their company uh and, uh to 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 use uh you know he does flourish of <laughs> terms. He just plain yeah. old dies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh when he dies, when he passes, um you're losing somebody who went up to the mount. Yeah. And who communicated with God. And so this you know verses 12 and 13 of like, hey, it's not in heaven uh that you should say, hey, but now who's gonna go to the mountain right. and talk to God? Who's gonna cross the sea? and 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 uh, uh and you know uh communicate from from afar because up until this point uh i i understand how the people might have this viewpoint of like oh that's this elevated person's right job you know god's not that close to me and this is moses saying like no no, no. he are, are you blind he's been here like among us the you know the, the whole time the fact that i went up to the mountain to and and communed with God and had a private, like my private conversation does, isn't what you need to look for in the future. Like,
1: well, and he brought that message and he brought it back. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, at the beginning, I've told you everything you need to know. The beginning of the journey, we hear all about the, you know, the cloud and the fire that surround them and follow them and, you know, fence Mm -hmm. them in so that they're safe and they know God's presence, and they carried the ark, which is another sign of God's presence. Mm-hmm. They'd been toting God through the desert for 40 years. Yeah. And suddenly they're having to be reminded that you can do this. Yeah. And you'll manage somehow if you just look inside your own heart and mm-hmm. remember what's been there all this time.
3: And one of the... and. One of the problems with Deuteronomy is it is so old that it's hard to see it with new eyes or know how radical it was at, upon its publication. Mm-hmm. But think about, even today, we tend to professionalize spiritual leaders. I mean, I'm speaking as someone who's paid to lead a congregation. And here it's, no, you can as Kathy said, you can do this.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: yeah. one of the great gifts of Judaism to the world is the the bringing down to the household, family, individual level spiritual practices. Mm. That you don't have to walk down to the temple and offer sacrifice, Jewish, mm. Roman, Greek, Egyptian. Instead, you can do this in your own home. And mm. Wherever you are, you can pray. Wherever you are, you can Um, Seek God's presence and find it. So that that was radically different than most religious leaders who, in part, were trying to make a living at it and so didn't want people to think they could do it on their own.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes some sense that uh, uh, there might be a counter narrative there that it's uh, mm-hmm. trying to combat uh, as well. Uh, did Did I ask mm-hmm. around when it was written? Like, uh, do we do we have an idea as to like was this during like because obviously you can read this prosperity uh, uh, language and know that after Moses uh, and after I think it's a couple hundred more years they do get enslaved again. <laughs> they, they they you know the temple is torn down and they are enslaved by the babylonians so uh is there is is there timing in when this book uh uh, was written that would also color the understanding of the readership
3: probably it was formed as a book during the exile
0: oh during yeah interesting
3: and it had been in certain it had been part of the teachings and again, the Bible wasn't the Bible yet. Sure. Um, sure, sure, sure. But, but pulling together the different narratives and teachings of Deuteronomy probably took place during the exile. So in that case, the remember your ancestors does make sense because they did have, looking back, King David, King Solomon. That, right. You know, the,
0: yeah, that w- the all-stars. Yeah, that, that also would uh, change the interpretation of that. I'm like, oh, yeah, my ancestors were enslaved as well. Yeah. <laughs> But but that's still also then does change the like color that message as well as well prosperity then meaning survival yeah like
3: and that would have been very important to the people in exile who a, were
0: enslaved hundred percent yeah
1: and you know if if you've ever been to um a Passover seder mm-hmm. the language is all is, is all we had this experience yeah um. If you're descended from this story, it's your story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um so remembering your ancestors isn't, you know, like opening history book. It's like looking back into the deepest parts of yourself and finding where you've come from. And you've come from this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've come from a, a people who wandered and carried God with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah uh anything more about this uh a passage from deuteronomy that we uh, want to highlight i'm
1: starting to like it more than i did <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey you, you know, know what if that fun. happened with everything that we read that would be uh, th- this this podcast is a tremendous uh tremendous success so um
1: oh it's all good stuff though.
0: Well, let's move on to our psalm reading then. Uh, Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10. To you, O, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you to be put to shame, let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the son of my salvation, for you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast, love and faithfulness. I read that weird. All the paths (laughs) of the Lord are steadfast, love and faithfulness for those who who keep his covenant and his decrees. Um, Psalm 25, do we have any historical context for this psalm? Do we know anything about authorship or... Is it another one of those unknowns?
3: I believe
0: um, the literary
3: form of Uh this psalm Uh puts it into the the time period after the exile. Okay. So they've returned, the folks have returned, (laughs) the folks. Yeah, there were folks. folks. Yeah. They returned from the Babylonian exile, that enslavement. And again, this literary form is one that was more common in that era than earlier eras.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, so, so has more of a literary tradition as, as opposed to an oral tradition. Um, not
3: necessarily, but not necessarily literal versus oral.
0: But has a strong enough literary tradition that that. Um...
3: Well, it has just just a, a poetic structure uh-huh. that is more modern than ancient. Gotcha. And also has some, uh, what are called wisdom motifs.
0: Mm.
3: Um, so the theology of God expressed as a figure of wisdom has become part of Jewish life, which was not true in the earlier portions of Jewish history.
0: Hmm. Yeah. The, the, um, it, it is interesting, uh, the way that this Psalm starts, uh, um, because there's all this language of, um, you know, uh, uh kind of like protection language, like, uh, Hey, uh, you know, don't, don't let me be shamed in front of these, in, in front of my enemies and, and, and don't give them power over me. And, and, uh, uh, um, Instead, have them be ashamed. Uh, um,
3: <laughs> Which, again, if you put this into the context of uh, of people who had just recently been enslaved, uh-huh. it's very powerful.
0: Yeah, and 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 if that's the case, then probably fairly clearly know who the en- who the quote unquote enemies are uh in in being referred to uh maybe with some specificity perhaps Uh, (laughs) perhaps um but as with
3: any biblical text there's a universal application
0: as well sure, sure 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 if done carefully um and I guess I I kind of see um now that you've said used the phrase uh wisdom motifs, mm-hmm. uh I, I can kind of see that um in some of the, the language um thereafter, like um uh, uh, uh be mindful of your mercy, which is an interesting thing. Like if if, if mm-hmm. we're interpreting this as a prayer or or, or uh, a conversation to to God for for me to say like hey God I want you to think about your, <laughs> how merciful you are yeah. uh, and uh, um, and this encouragement to uh, yeah and and totally forget about the sins of my youth uh, uh, which is a to me the, at least as a modern reader uh, a, a weird thing to make a prayer for because the sins of my adult life are. Way worse than <laughs> <it>. <laughs> like you can always chalk up your the sins of your youth to uh, to a lot of uh you know uh learning and growing experiences and
2: being young,
0: yeah, and, and just being young. I think I, I think uh most of us don't remember the the transgressions of our youth as much uh because you're like oh well I was dumb and stupid and <laughs> 13 and I said this or I did that and and uh um so it, 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 in my mind, it was like, yeah, no, actually, let's just focus on those. Let's let's not focus on the sins that I've that I've uh, uh, committed when I sh- definitely should have known better.
1: <laughs> well, we could be dealing with someone who's rather self righteous here, or somebody who really has yeah. lived a good life. I mean, there are people who. That's true. That's true. That's true. Worried.
0: Yeah. Look, God, I'm way better now. I mean, that's there. That, that is a story that, that does exist for people. So that, that's I mean, there true. Are, that's there are point. many,
1: many assumptions we could make. What I find really, really stunning in this, I guess, after having read the Deuteronomy thing is that um, this follows that same tradition of it's all right here for you. Mm-hmm. You, know? mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. talk to God immediately. You can respond to God immediately. You know what you're supposed to be doing. Dig deep and find the wisdom that's there. And that wisdom won't fail you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's... Um, I always find it very comforting, I guess, to... To think of having a God who you know is within arm's distance, and if you really need to say something or if you really need some strength or some courage, you can just reach out and grab that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to call in the big guns or anything else. You just.
3: You don't have to go to the temple and make
2: sacrifices. You don't have to
1: go to the temple and kill a bird, you know, which I couldn't do. <laughs> I love birds. I couldn't go in a temple and kill a bird. That would be awful. But anyway, um nobody's asking me to do that. Yeah. They're just saying again, you know, here it is right here for you. Don't miss it.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I guess I didn't I, I didn't think of that uh, uh as we I was reading it uh, of it 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 does kind of uh play along the same Mindset as the, the the first reading. Um, Good and upright is the Lord, which uh, uh, is also a, a phrase that um, I don't know. I suppose mm-hmm. I, I suppose us having the 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 full uh, history of the Bible in, in our in in our rearview mirror as far as like being available to us. Um, Is this just like a personal acknowledgement of like yeah, by the way, uh, good God is good (laughs) and upright. It's it strikes me as something like well, duh. Like, uh, (laughs) do we need to
1: put that in our prayer?
0: Like, uh, yes, yes. Well, so that we say all the words. I mean, right? I mean,
1: well, and and also they just came out of an exile where. You know, their their captors had basically tried to smash their their faith to smithereens. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 literally smashed a lot of it, and and it was hard to find a place to sit down and be Jewish. Yeah. Um. Mm. And, That's a good point. And so I can imagine, I can easily imagine some people walking out of that exile. Thinking God had let them down Mm -hmm. or the, you know, the, the whole, why did God let this happen to us or happen to me? Mm -hmm. And we still do that. Yeah. We, if something goes wrong in our lives, (laughs) we just want to grovel and, and blame God rather than finding the truth, which is usually a very, very human reason for everything that happens. Right. Um, God did not break my neck. I did it myself by being stupid and clumsy and falling down a set of stairs. Um, Yeah. I I never thought I might ask God why that happened. You know, why did you do this to me, God? It's like, oh, yeah, because I wasn't paying attention to that stairway. Um, (laughs) God...
3: You threw yourself off the temple Mount. I threw that's myself right. that's off right. The
1: temple mountain near a steel door all the way down. yeah,
3: it was um,
0: really it was really a it was really a test like could I be the second coming of the Messiah? Nope. <laughs> nope.
1: Oh, I guess Not, not me. <laughs> it Did't work for me jumping off that temple roof. Um, but you know we do so easily slide into that thing of mm-hmm. you know if we if we want to say God is in control of everything. Then it's hard not to also say God made this bad stuff happen to us.
0: Right. Yeah. Which is the yeah. the the danger of that whole line of thinking yeah. is that yeah. crossing out free will, human free will.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And human stupidity. Yeah. Um, you know, us we're, dumb? We're, <laughs> no. We can all be so blinkered. And just a, I love it. Wander through things. And then we wonder why we hit into hit into a tree or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, because you weren't watching where you're going. Mm-hmm. Don't blame that on God.
2: Yeah.
1: Um God, why'd you
0: put this tree here? <laughs> <laughs> while well, um, I was reading my iPhone. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: What, yeah. one other thing I wanna add sure. before we move on. Sure, sure. It sure. took me a little while to read through all the footnotes and all. <laughs> the uh <laughs>
1: I have no footnotes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw you um, furiously turning pages over there.
3: Yeah, because it's fascinating. The Do Not Remember the Sins of My Youth is that it is a callback to the prophet Micah. Okay. So pre pre the era that we think this psalm was written
0: in. Okay. he uh, Micah was written before exile. Yeah. Okay.
3: And. Has a and Micah has a wonderful meditation in its in its chapter seven on the on God's forgiveness hmm. and steadfast mercy and all that kind of stuff. So it's one of these things where by having just this one what we now call verse, mm-hmm. people go, oh yeah, all that other stuff about forgiveness uh, okay. and how generous God is with that and how it makes us whole again. And as Kathy was saying, it's right there within arm's reach any time.
0: So it's Micah's youth, uh, uh, <laughs> Micah's young self that I would like to to have known.
3: And and one of the things that's that's in Micah is God has forgiven those transgressions mm. and does so quickly and happily, and
0: um, hence the steadfast love. Yeah,
1: and then we're all Micah
0: if we're lucky. Yeah, if we're lucky. If, if we're, if, yeah, if we're lucky. Well,
1: I mean, he was he was. 100% human. Yeah. We all have, you know, that little bundle of DNA that marks us all as the same thing. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's move from the psalm reading to our gospel reading. This comes from, to us from Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test <laughs> Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, "'What is written in the law? What do you read there?' He answered, "'You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself.' And he said to him, "'You have given the right answer. Do this and you will live.' But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, "'And who is my neighbor?' Jesus replied, "'A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers.' who stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Um, so we start off this reading um uh with an interesting character uh the quintessential lawyer Yes. Uh, uh plays his or her role beautifully uh as a lawyer um uh uh but it is interesting like the question the initial question is is that really of law to uh, the Jewish people at this it, it's not really like a it's it's interesting that it that it points out that they're a lawyer uh which it, during this period of time would mean dealing with the 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 laws of the of the religious uh um kind of uh, hierarchy of of their society uh but so not like necessarily our our thought as right a modern lawyer right but um uh the question is kind of more it's tied to the laws, but not like a deeply rooted, uh, uh, law question, law, a religious law question. It kind of is. Well, is it? Yeah. Okay.
1: It it kind of fell down the page from Deuteronomy up there Uh where it's saying, uh, where did Deuteronomy go? Um, when you obey the Lord your God, observing His commandments,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, turn to the Lord with all your heart and soul. That's you know a not to, a, a rather thinly veiled um, reference to what we've read other places of love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and uh-huh. your neighbor as yourself, which is basically the answer this lawyer gives. Um, yeah, that he's is quoting
3: Deuteronomy. That
1: is one hundred percent law.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Might be the second law. I don't know. <laughs> it's law. It's law.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and, it's the, and it's the most important law that's out there. It's kind of like the law of physics. You know, if you try to defy wooden doors and walk through them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're going to get hurt because physics says so. Um, as do many other rules, like common sense. But um, <laughs> this one is... If you choose not to love God, you're breaking a law, and it's not like you're going to go to jail for it. But something's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit your head on something really quickly. <laughs>
0: yeah. So we do have a lot of gospel stories where uh, questions are asked of Jesus, and they're they're asked with uh, some some uh, malicious intent. Uh, right uh, cheekiness uh is this one of those is this one of those like is the lawyer trying to trap jesus i don't think so i I didn't get that vibe but i wasn't sure sure if uh it was a um kind of like a one that i just wouldn't necessarily pick up on because of uh um i'm a different reader
3: there in verse 29 where it says but wanting to justify himself the lawyer asked jesus who is my neighbor um I, some people have read that as a trying to trap Jesus, but if, I think if we look at it closely, it's the lawyer who's the subject of it, and I think the lawyer's actually feeling very insecure about himself.
0: Maybe, maybe. Well and uh, in, in this this that I'm glad you touched on it. that section right there does match. Our modern uh, yeah. uh, modern lawyer figure, Yes. Uh, because anybody who knows lawyers knows that one of the one of the first things that they get into when discussing the law is how is this term defined? Right. <laughs> that is that right. that it, 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 like eighty percent of of uh, whatever legal argument comes down to like okay, but how do we define this word right here?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And so it is interesting. See, I, I was kind of getting a different vibe from uh, in, in my reading for, of, of of this about the lawyer. Of this is your real question. Yeah. This is the one that you wanted to get down to. Uh, and and maybe 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 you're right though. Maybe uh, th- this person really wasn't like, hey, look, we have not defined this term. Uh, so so perhaps this person is not coming in with a pre. A a, 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 a a definition that they wanted to hear, but an honest it could be question yeah, of like hey uh for the lawyers in the room we have not defined the term neighbor. <laughs> how do we want to define this term because the
2: Romans kind of suck
0: and yeah. and and uh I have one who lives right down the street from me and I'm with you know, yes, fast
1: passenger <laughs>
0: A big <head> shake.
1: <laughs> I, I'm going to turn this all spiritual and sloppy, I suppose, but um I, I sleep away. Slep away, yes. This lawyer uh-huh. was steeped in the law that we're talking about. I mean mm-hmm. to become this thing, he had to lived with it all his life. And and he knew how the law worked, and he knew how it had been applied at various times historically, and he knew how it was being applied in his own childhood and young adulthood and whatever else. And um, in some places, it was applied in a very legalistic manner.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Jesus was blowing that apart.
2: Mm.
1: Jesus was walking around saying, Picky, picky, picky. It's okay to pick corn on the Sabbath because people are hungry. And it's okay to feed your oxen on the Sabbath because you don't want them to starve to death. You need them to have water so they're not thirsty. There are things that have to be done that break the laws we're talking about.
0: During a period of time where the number of laws had ballooned quite a lot since Moses.
1: Yes. And, And on top of that, they had these Romans breathing down their necks. And so there were certain Roman rules that they had to abide by as well if they wanted to survive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would be confused. I would be going up to whoever I could go up to who seemed to have any kind of common sense and saying, "What what is it I'm supposed to do? You're telling me I can lighten up, but I, I don't know exactly where I can lighten up and where I have to tighten up. Mm -hmm. and um so here it is he knows he knows the most important law Mm
2: -hmm. that
1: you know love god love your neighbor but who is my neighbor you know we think of neighbors as what you know the people who live on the other side of the property line and um and we have whatever relationships we have with them um Mm -hmm. bad ignore each other in each other's face constantly you know whatever it is and um jesus isn't going to accept that definition of the word neighbor either right Um, the neighbor is the person who in any given moment chooses to be your neighbor by the way he or she behaves toward you or you behave toward them um neighbor Jesus turns neighbor into a verb i think hmm. instead of a noun a neighbor neighboring is something that you do yeah you you show mercy you show kindness you show love um you treat that person as you want to be treated you know to go back to that lovely little golden rule um neighbor is what we do with each other mm-hmm. and so um But again, Jesus is breaking this whole thing wide open. A neighbor isn't the person who lives in the next tent or the next little village hut or even on your block or even within your own faith tradition. Mm -hmm. Because the person who became the neighbor was an enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Mildly an enemy. I mean, not like somebody they were in battle with, but they didn't like each other. Right. And... Suddenly, Jesus is saying, your neighbor might be the very person you don't want anywhere near you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to do it anyway.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah I, I know, obviously, we've talked about this uh, story before in the past. And if I'm not mistaken, that it only does occur in Luke. Right. Um, which I do have questions about that as to, like, how's come? This is a... This is a it's good a story. story. Yeah, it's a real good story. Like, come on, Matthew, Mark, John, what's going on? Like, uh... well,
1: John would never write this story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, but we have talked about it before. Like the 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 reader that this was does uh, I shouldn't even say the reader uh, because this is really more of the people that that uh, Jesus is telling the story to uh, uh, recount uh, recounting this uh, this narrative. Uh, that he's creating when the person is coming from jerusalem to jericho and you know this ill fate befalls him uh the priest going down the road the, the 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 hearers of this story would are you know naturally think oh the priest will help okay the priest didn't help but it's excusable. Maybe they were, you know.
3: Had to stay pure for Had to stay
0: terrible. pure. It would have Their created truth. unclean hands. Uh, that could have been an issue. They had things to do that, you know. So then the Levite uh, comes. That person will probably help. Oh, no. Okay, well, they don't. And then the Samaritan comes along. And, and the, the unexpected uh, is, is the result of the story of like, oh, this person who uh, these two people would not be uh, of natural same mindsets and, and, uh, you know, oil and vinegar kind of a, kind of a thing. And, and yet, uh, the Samaritan shows, uh, a tremendous amount of, of grace and, and, uh, and, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, neighboring, uh, qualities. Um, I'm curious as to why, especially during like Roman occupation, like why is like, why the Samaritan over like, uh, surely a more, a, a more, uh, um, or, or maybe not. Uh, the the more uh, vilified group would be like a, a Roman uh, uh, soldier or, uh, you know. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to think about. Maybe that was a bridge too far. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think.
0: The Roman soldier comes upon them and stabs them.
1: <laughs>
0: but, uh, yep,
3: that's, when...
1: that's
0: how I expected it to yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: When you're under Roman rules, you don't tell stories that remind people that the romans are that's true that's true people, and they're not going to believe it if you turn them into the good person
3: right or they or it might have been that thing that john referred uh, can see through john so many times where there was such fear of the romans you know, let's not include them in the stories at all so yeah. that they don't have an excuse to slap us around mm, right. that, why that are you putting sense. me into your made-up stories mm-hmm. um, right and one the the key word with the Samaritan is that he was moved with compassion or yeah pity. yeah mm-hmm. and that's something that no one else. But wait, did. those are human
0: traits, right?
3: It <laughs> humanizes the Samaritan, and of course, that's one of the key um, qualities of God. Mm-hmm. So the Samaritan is being like God, and therefore does these healing actions.
0: Yeah. So my, my brain just went over two versions of uh, interpretation almost simultaneously here. Um, The, at the end of this story, we see the lawyer's reaction to this, right? It's, it's written down. Jesus asks the lawyer, who was the neighbor to this man?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And my which order did this happen in my in my brain? My brain first said that the lawyer couldn't even bring to say the Samaritan, bring himself to say the Samaritan. Mm,
2: yeah, the one,
0: the one, the, who, one, yeah. the one who showed a mercy. Yeah. And then almost immediately following that thought, uh, the lawyer picks up on the humanization language that's used in the story, and it the lawyer at uh, uh, And I'm not sure which interpretation uh, might necessarily be right. But the second interpretation I immediately had was the label doesn't matter. The lawyer recognizes that and Mm -hmm. identifies the human quality that is admirable and important. Godly. And yeah, the one who showed him mercy. Doesn't matter if it was the priest, the Levite, Mm the Samaritan. Mercy is the key. Uh, So uh, just sharing that that weird uh, interpretive thought process that I have that goes on that I'm not sure which one I like better, actually. Keep uh, them well, both. Where the storyline goes, the lawyer's like, ooh, don't like that answer. <laughs> or the one where the lawyer goes, G- I got it. I got it now.
1: And, and I think both can be true. He yeah. may have had that, oh, no. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You know, we – we're all capable of instant judgment in the wrong direction. Uh-huh. And um, and then we blink and suddenly it's like, oh, no, wait, no, the other way. And, um, you know, I, I think the way this gets phrased, the one who showed him mercy, goes back to my, my thought of neighboring being mm-hmm. a verb. Yeah, Neighboring is what you do. Yeah. And this Samaritan, like it or not, was the one who did neighboring, and, um, yeah, you know, it never says, after Jesus says, go and do likewise, we don't know if he was another of those people who walked away sad, because he didn't right, think right. he could ah, do it, Right, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a, which sort, there's a story where that.
3: The rich
0: young man.
1: The rich young man Yeah. Jesus and he, about yeah. eternal life. Yeah, and he um,
0: realized, like, oh, I don't think I can do that. I don't
3: think do I can that. do that,
1: yeah. yeah. But it, it or doesn't... it's
3: going to be a lot of work to untangle all my, my yeah. answers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but this guy, you know, he's, he, we don't even know that he left. I mean, the no, story ends say. with Jesus saying, go and do likewise. And he's already defined for himself really who he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think it's funny if you put the beginning of the story, what must I do to inherit eternal life?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then it becomes <laughs> the one who shows mercy, the one who was a neighbor. So if you want God to show mercy, you have to be a neighbor. Mm-hmm. And you know that you mm-hmm. know that's a you could put that on a bumper sticker. It's yeah. very, it's, you know, short and, and it's kind of clear, you know, if anybody, if a person knows this story and this is a well-known story, even outside the church,
2: well, yeah,
1: people know about, um, oh yeah, the well, good guy who. They're
2: good, good Samaritan guy. laws and things yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. It,
1: it's, it's in our legal language of all yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um So if you were to, to write down on a bumper sticker. If you want to live forever, be a neighbor.
2: Yeah. People Mm -hmm. would
1: figure that out. And, you know, it's kind of a funny answer when you think of it. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? I mean, that's a huge spiritual question. And the answer is be a neighbor.
3: Seems like that's something we already are. Yeah. Unless we live on 40 acres in the middle of it.
1: But but Jesus, not. Yeah. yeah. Jesus more... totally redefines neighbor. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: I just want to reinforce one thing Kathy's been saying many times. Uh-huh. The Greek word that's used here for neighbor is a, is comes out of the verb to neighbor. Huh. Okay. To be neighboring.
0: I have one more question before yeah. we wrap here. Uh, and it's a, you know, zero B, you know, zero BC uh, medical question oil and wine on wounds is that yeah. a thing
1: yeah well, so
0: i mean the wine painkiller oil
1: wine Solve. is like wine is oh, okay. like alcohol
0: yeah yep. so well like, I, on I, I don't know if it's like alcohol i think it is i, I, yeah. I think <laughs> it just is
1: yes obviously so so, so, so i'm thinking it's like you know the,
0: disinfectant the, painkiller the,
1: the, yeah the oil refined
0: oil soothes uh that's a
3: scrape balm. skin.
1: yeah the scrape skin ah, so. and it helps okay. it helps in healing so things don't dry up and get weird. And I got gotcha. you. Um, okay. And oil is a good cleanser, you know. For if he's been stabbed and beaten on the road, he's probably got gravel in his cuts and everything else. And
0: next um, time my kid comes with a skin knee, I'm 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 going to the extra virgin olive oil and a.
1: You don't even have to have it be that high And, and a and a, <laughs> and a small
0: amount of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs>
1: Um, there you go. Now
2: I know now I
0: know why you don't have dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Quit licking the wounds. Yummy. Um all right. Well with that uh ridiculous question of mine. Uh let's end this, your podcast, for what what Sunday is that? Yeah, July 10th. July 10th. Uh, <laughs> the fifth Sunday after Pentecost in year C. Uh, again, uh, we are, our our summer hours uh, for church services uh, remain the same: uh, eight o'clock and ten o'clock on Sunday uh am of course uh are are in person here live at the church uh but the 10 o'clock service will also be broadcast live on our youtube channel which is hfec videos uh and as always if you have any questions or comments feel free to email us at shortcut at hfec.org keep them coming in keep them coming and uh until next week i'm ben and i'm bruce
1: And I'm Kathy, and I will be even beyond next week.
2: And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye.